right. Good morning, Church on the Rock. Woo! All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. The, the, the disciples looked in and saw the grave was empty, right? And so you know what's going to ca- happen, right? He is risen. He is risen. All right. Let's try that again. You at home can do that. I'm going to say he is risen. And the early Christians would say, he is risen indeed. Come on, let's have a bit of enthusiasm, people. Even this is, although it's morning, all right, we can shake it off, all right? He is risen! He is risen indeed! Woo! All right, happy Easter, everybody. It is good to be here. It is great to be here. I, uh, I hope that you can sit back and relax. And to all those people who are at home, uh, and I hope you are having a fantastic Easter morning. Uh, those who are at home, you can do this really easily, and the rest of us can do it too. It just takes an extra step to go on your phones, to go on your devices, and, and go down and, and just do this thing called share. If anybody's going to come and just watch our, our Easter service, it would be today. It would be today. So why don't you go share, and if you're kind of afraid about what's going to happen, another little screen's going to pop up and just do share now. And I would love to see so much, so much of God's message Heading out there, heading out there. If you're online too and uh, you are not used to going to, to church or, or, or if you know one of your friends or, or part of your family who uh, recommended this Easter service, I hope you can sit back and enjoy and relax. This is for you just as much as it is for everyone else here. So, we're so glad you're here. Let's pray and let's get into God's word. Heavenly Father, you are good. You are good all the time. And as we enjoy you and and live in our resurrected life, God, help us to be able to truly live there, to be able to understand what it means that every day is different because, Jesus, you rose from the dead. So, God, help us understand that more fully today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, on uh, this Easter, we're going to actually start doing something a little different. Instead of just having an Easter service, which we are, we're also starting a whole new series. So again, if this is the first time you're checking us out, we're going to go through about four or five Sundays and dig deep into a a topic. And so uh, fasten your seatbelts and let's start off with our first one. Uh, I remember remember, uh, going uh, going to some meetings and saying, hi. Hi, and they'll say, you know, you, you go to a meeting, go to a party, and say, hey, I'm Dave, Dave Overholt, good to meet you. And then they sort of look around and they say, so why are you here, <laughs> right? Why are you here? And so sometimes I'll say, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I'm a friend of, or if it's at church, okay, great. Hi, I'm Dave Overholt, good to meet you. And uh, great, like, have you been going here long? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, kind of, kind of from the beginning. Oh, cool, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of the, the pastor. And it's really weird to, to say I'm the pastor because then everything, you, you just know things happen, right? Yeah. In fact, some people just say, oh, man, I can't swear now. It's like, so, hi, I am, here I am, hello, hello, I am. I remember uh, when I was in university, they, they challenged us. Let's, uh, in a university class, they said, oh, let's go around and meet people. And uh, why, don't you, why don't you talk to, introduce yourself without mentioning your major, without mentioning what town you're from, and wha- without mentioning any kind of relationship you're in. 
just go and introduce yourself without doing any of those things. And it used to be in university, hey, I'm a biology major. Yeah, I'm from Canada. That's why I sound funny. Anyway, but all the, uh, you know, like, hi. And the, you, you could just see, wow, okay. And I remember thinking, hi, I'm an introvert. And this is hard. <laughs> and all of a sudden I realized I jumped to personality, right? I, mean, I jumped right to personality. And some, you know, some other people jump right to interest. Like, hi, uh, I'm really into canoeing. And you, you go, wow, you just told me a lot more about yourself than, uh, than, I, you know, than I'm used to in these first-time introductions. But that's a, a wonderful thing about the I am statements. When we say I am... We go a little deeper. You start to go down and say, hold on, it's just not what I do. It's just not who I'm related to. There, you start to say something about yourself. And the beautiful thing is, Jesus had seven I am statements in the Gospels. He was defining himself. It's his more than what he was teaching people, more than people that he was he uh, healing. There's actually a lot more I am statements in the book of Revelation. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the bright morning star. But, but for the book of, uh, in the, all the Gospels, he said seven things about this is who I am. Jesus was the most self-aware person on this planet. I think more, the most interesting person on the planet. So as we understand hello, I am, we're going to look at each one of those and dig down deep. And the cool thing about digging down deep is just not what, that, that we're going to be talking about what Jesus said. We're going to find out that all the I am's are metaphors of Jesus that, that had Old Testament layers. And, and, and this is like layer upon layer. So the moment when Jesus says, I am, it's just like it just opens up history for, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's just so fascinating. So fascinating. So this Easter is the first one. Hello. I'm the resurrection and the life. Meeting Jesus at a party. Hi. I'm Dave. I'm a pastor here. Well, hi. I'm uh, Jesus, the resurrection and the life. <laughs> kind of beats everything else. <laughs> so we're going to talk about this is a little introduction to the whole thing about I am. And where, why is that a thing? Why is that important? So I'm, this is a bit of a serious introduction. I'm going to sort of dig back way, way back in biblical history and talk about, remember, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That, that should be, those should be names that a lot of us recognize. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God shows up to Abraham, and he gives him promises. God also shows up to Isaac and, and Jacob. Jacob, he changes his name to Israel. So God is, is almost this very personal God to this family, this family that's growing up. Now, uh, Jacob or Israel, he now moves to Egypt, and, and he has a lot of kids, and they have a lot of kids. And within a very small space of time, they're, they're just kicking out, like, hundreds and hundreds of kids. You know, it's just, it's so much so that the Pharaoh is saying, man, put them to work because they're doing so many other things. They're producing way too many kids, and they're getting way too scary. And so this is what, what happens as they're, they're trying, to, uh, trying to slow down the population. But all of a sudden, God is going to say, listen, I'm no longer going to be just this personal God to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am going to form a nation of people. So he calls Moses out of the backside of the desert. He prepared him in the palace and the desert. And he says, now I'm, I'm not just going to appear to a family, but now I'm going to make this whole new nation. And so the question is, on Moses' mind, because he doesn't know, right? Okay, what God are you? What's your name? Uh, are you one of the Egyptian gods, Osiris, Horus, uh, or Isis? 
Is, are you kind of like one of the Greek gods, Zeus, Apollo, Poseidon? Are you like the Canaanite gods, like Baal or Asherah? Like, like, who should I call you? And so out of the burning bush, this is what happens in Exodus 3, 13 to 14. And Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers, that would be the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, well, what's his name? What, you know, what God is he? This God of, of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then, then what shall I say to them? And so, in fact, Moses was asking God, can you define yourself? Could you sort of go one step deeper and tell us really who you are? So God said to Moses, it's so good. I wish I could have heard the rumbling. I bet you there are thunderclouds as this was happening. I am who I am. I, I need to echo on the voice, but that's okay. I am who I am. That's what God said. This is how he describes himself. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am sent me to you. I am. God is saying, basically, you can't define me as the God of an area, a God of a country, a God of a family. You can't call me a God of the sea, of the mountains. It's just I am of everything. I am self-sufficient, self-existent. I am all-encompassing. I am indescribable. Remember that song that we used to sing, indescribable. This is I am. This is who I am. So many people think when Jesus says... I am, there's this like thread that rabbles way back to the history. And, and, and he is actually saying, I am God. I am the I am. I am who I am. And then he describes it one little step deeper. How do we, how do we even think that might be a thing? Because it's almost like Jesus lets it out a little bit. I, I don't know. This is not... This is not scholarly thought. This is like, I'm thinking, like, Jesus just, like, lets it slip. I'm, I am. And it's just, like, not good, right? <laughs> because he's, like, letting everybody know how much he's God. This is in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night before the, uh, uh, he gets on the cross, the night before Good Friday. And he has just wept out to God the Father. And his, his, his disciples are abandoning him. And he's asking, who, who are you looking for? Who are you looking for? And they, they say who he is, but they don't get it right. And so he tells them who he is. Let's read it. Let's read it in John chapter 18. And Jesus, knowing all things that were going to happen to him, went out and asked them. He went out and asked them, who is it that you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he. Could have said a hundred different ways. But he used the I am thing, right? I am he, Jesus said. And when Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. <laughs> it's like a whole army comes and Jesus says, I am. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, sorry, sorry, get, get up. You're supposed to arrest me. <laughs> it's like, I am God. So every time Jesus says those words, I am, that he's proclaiming he is God, and he's telling you a little bit more about what that means, that he is God. The first one we're going to look at is, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Hello, I am the resurrection and life. Can we all say that together? Ready, the resurrection and life? Here we go. One, two, three. The resurrection and life. 
and the life. I just want you to help to remember that. Hello, I am the resurrection and the life. Awesome. Awesome. This is a story before Easter. We're going to jump more into Easter's story. But before, before Jesus uh, jumps into Easter, just days before, just days before that whole Holy Week, he is busy, he's about to visit a friend, one of his best friends called Lazarus. One of his best friends called Lazarus. Lazarus lives in Bethany, and Bethany is often a stopover place that Jesus goes. Jesus all, uh, often stops over there, and he has another couple great friends, Mary and Martha. This whole family is he's kind of close with. And he got a message that Lazarus, his, his, one of his best friends, is sick. And we're talking not just sick, but bad sick. You know, have you ever been, oh, I've got a cold. No, this is, this is ICU sick. This is, this is he is going to die kind of sick. So they send a runner to go, and exhausted, he comes and, and, and grabs Jesus. And your, your friend Lazarus is going to die. He is that sick. Meanwhile, back in Bethany, Mary and Martha are trying to nurse their brother. You know what they're doing? They're nursing him, keeping him fluids in him, trying to, trying to help him breathe. Why? They're trying to keep him alive long enough until Jesus can get there so that Jesus will heal him and it's all good. So we've got to keep him alive. We've got to keep him alive until Jesus gets there. And so Jesus gets the news. He doesn't come. <laughs> he doesn't come. And this messes with us because often of all the things we think God, God is, we, we think love is number one. Love is number one. Love is the best. He always is loving. He just always is loving. But sometimes the things he's teaching us is more important than healing somebody. The things he wants us to get about him, the truth, is maybe even a little bit more important than just being kind to someone. And so he stays and waits until his good friend, Lazarus, dies. That's kind and gentle Jesus. <laughs> and so he eventually makes it down there. Now, now, they're already mourning the death of Lazarus. He, he's, he's been dead four days. And, and they're, they're crying. And, and, and the, the, um, the custom is for the family is to be in the house for 30 days. You're in there, the house. You've buried him. You've wrapped him in linens. You've embalmed him. You put him in the tomb. And then you just you, you wait 30 days. And friends come in during that 30 days to wait with you. You don't go to them. They come to you. And so Jesus is approaching Bethany. He's not even there yet. And the news gets in to Mary and Martha that he's there. Now, they're supposed to stay in the house. But Martha, who is actually the rule maker, breaks the rules. You get this sense that she is so ticked. So why? And so she breaks out of the house and comes and meets Jesus. And she's, it's not like, hi, Jesus, how you going, you know, how's it been? Well, you must have been a little, you know, other things must have kept you up. <laughs> First thing, you should have been here. You can just feel that, that you should have been here. Let's read it in uh, John chapter 11. John 11, 21 to 26, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, 
she went to meet him, which would be a little gasp for the people. But Mary stayed in the house, and Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. You get this sense, they're trying to keep him alive until he got there so he could be healed. And then she adds this thing. We're going to figure out what this thing is. It's interesting what uh, some of the commentators say about it. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Is she asking him to raise Lazarus from the dead? It's this sort of phrase that, yeah, you can ask God for anything and he'll give it. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. And I'm not sure if Jesus is thinking, oh, maybe she's getting it, that I'm going to come here and raise him from the Your brother will rise again. Yes, said Martha. He'll rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Oh, so she really wasn't having faith that he was going to come and raise him from the dead. She thought it was just a phrase that you use. Oh, you can ask all things, and maybe you can ask for our comfort. Maybe you can ask for good to come out of this. Maybe you can ask for side things. The main thing we wanted was him not to die. <laughs> Jesus says he's going to rise again. Yeah, yeah, at the end. Because resurrection is really about that whole death thing. And then Jesus told, told her, he, he stops and almost slows down and says, this is who I am. Then he says this, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. Even after dying, and she said, yeah, that's true. You can almost hear that's true. But then Jesus gets real cryptic here. And it's like, what are you getting at here, Jesus? And this is what he says. For everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Well, well, we find out later in the story, he goes and calls out to Lazarus to come out of the grave. And at that moment, Martha says, don't do it. Because he's been dead four days, all right? You can now see that her, her statement was not about faith that Jesus could actually do this. It was, was more some platitude. It was just something that she would say. It would be a meme that you would put on your wall. It would be something that, that you would just post because it seemed cool. It would be something, yeah, well, you can ask whatever you will. But she didn't really get it. In fact, I love it in the King James. You know what the King James says? She says, don't open the grave because he stinketh. I grew up with stinketh. Isn't that awesome? Wow, that should be on a meme. Anyway, so, so eventually he calls Lazarus out. Lazarus comes out, and he's like, and get the grave clothes off of him. And, uh, and they're just coming unglued in joy. And, and it's so amazing that, that they hold a meal. Lazarus goes and eats. It's all in, more in, in honor of Lazarus. And, and it's like there's this grand party. And then the Pharisees heard about it. And they tried to send a hit squad to kill Lazarus for good because that was just too much for them. Like instead of believing in Jesus, saying, wow, he rose somebody from the dead. He must be the Messiah. Let's quiet him. Uh, we just don't like this Jesus thing. And so they try and, and quiet him. But in the, in the last, and the end of the day, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. But then he adds this interesting, confusing words. If you believe in me, 
you will never die. Which a lot of us say, yeah, that must be one of those Greek words. Because <laughs> I know a lot of people have believed in Jesus. They died, right? They died. Uh, it, you know, there must be some secret meaning to this one. Because, you know, people die. <laughs> you know what? Maybe he wasn't talking about our bodies. Maybe he was talking about something else. That he is the resurrection, yes, after death, but he is the life that starts the moment you believe. I believe the resurrected life is more, is, is, is about more than heaven. It starts right now. To experience the abundant life, the, 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 the really living kind of life is found when he says, if you believe in me. That, that if you read, uh, read the uh, New Testament, you'll notice there's this phrase that happens a lot in the writings of Paul. And he says, in Jesus, in Christ, in Christ. He talks about being in Christ. And so, so I had it explained to me this way. I just thought it's awesome. If this is Christ... And this is me, a little thank you card, this is me. I'm going along, hi Jesus, I like you, I love you, okay? <laughs> Sesame Street I grew up on, okay. <laughs> you can love Jesus, I think you're cool. Well, I think you're cooler, all right? But something happens when you say, I'm going to get in Christ. Now I am in him, and now when he is the resurrection in life, guess what I get to have? I get to have resurrection and life that starts now. Why? Because it's not just about, it's just not about death. It's just not about the other life. I believe with all my heart the resurrection is more than heaven. It starts now, it starts now. We experience the abundant life, really living when we come in Christ. He says, yes, I am the solution to your darkest day. Jesus says, I will be your resurrection when you die. But that's, I will be that solution. But guess what? I'm also the life that begins now. And this resurrection life starts the moment you believe in me. Then you come in me, and now everything I have, you have. If I am the resurrection life, you have resurrection and life. And that, to the fullest, to the fullest. I can't tell you how many people think it's just about getting to heaven. That, that's what, what I grew up in. Uh, I grew up in that. And, and no, I know here at Church in the Rock we don't talk about that uh, exclusively. In fact, sometimes we don't talk about it as much. You need to have Christ to go to heaven. Okay, I thought I'd slip that one in there. <laughs> the deal is, the deal is, I think some people come. And, and, and usually during baptism time, people go, hey, hey, Dave, like, can you baptize my kid? Well, maybe they should come and talk to me. No, 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 no. Just could you baptize them? And when I start talking, you know what it is? They're hoping if I dunk them, then they're good. They're good to go. They're sealed. They're going to go to heaven. Then they can get on with the rest of life. You know, can you just like, can you do the, the priestly thing over so he... He gets to go to heaven, right? And then, then we can sort of move on. <laughs> but you know what? It's not about just getting to heaven. 
It's not about the resurrection. It's about the life. The resurrection, the resurrected life starts now. Starts now. In creation, in creation, it goes back to the Old Testament. The Old Testament has many times, especially in the book of Job, it says that he's the God of life. The God of life, how? Because he created all the animals. He created all the animals. And then he created humans. And in humans, he breathed a breath of life in through their nostrils in, and made them living beings. And he didn't do that to the animals. Did you know that we're more than animals? You should know that. Yeah, that's a, that, no extra cost to get that one in there. Okay, so he created the animals, but he breathed a spirit into us. Now, human beings are spiritual people. You're just not animals. You are spiritual beings because of creation. Now, because of the fall, and we've talked about that to the last series. Remember that? Creation, fall, you know, redemption, restoration, that thing. Okay, because of the fall part of the story, our spirits died, and we became spiritually dead, spiritually dead. And when Christ, we say, God, I believe in you. I believe in you. Come. Come in my life. Guess what he does? He comes in your life, and guess what he does again? He resurrects my spirit. So guess what? I'm resurrected. Isn't that cool? I'm already resurrected. I, my spirit's come alive because I'm in Christ. And now I get to be resurrected. And because of that, I have life. And life to the fullest. And life to the abundance. That is the exciting thing about knowing and being in Christ who is the resurrection in life. What, so what does a resurrected life in Christ look like? That might be good in theory, Dave, but what does it really look like, right? What, do I feel any different? <laughs> sometimes. Yes, yeah, sometimes you do. What's it like? What's it like? Well, I'm going to try and describe it real quickly here. Anybody can enjoy a concert. I have gone to amazing concerts. I really have. I have lost a good amount of hearing in concerts. My ears have rung for a good three days after a good concert, right? Anybody with me? Anybody there? Woo! Yeah. By the way, you didn't hear anybody else uh, say, you, yeah, did you? Because you're all deaf too. Anyway, the idea is, yes, everybody can enjoy a good concert. But there's something different, isn't there? Come on, those of you who have life. There's something different when you worship, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I remember, uh, remember Sean, by the way, Sean, Janessa, are you, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> I remember Sean, Sean, I remember you, you, you come, and Sean told me, he said he's played drums. Uh, one of the best dr drummers we know. I think the click track uh, followed him instead of the other way. But he was, he was that good. So, so the deal is, Sean, one of the first times on stage drumming, he, he's a new Christian, and he comes up to me and says, Dave, what's that feeling? What's... What's that? When I'm, I'm playing, he says, there's this joy that goes through me. What is that? Oh, you're alive now. You have a resurrected life and a live spirit. And the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit. And it's, it's just different. And if you allow yourself to live in Jesus, it's just different, isn't it? 
isn't it? Not all the time. Sometimes you're not so plugged into Jesus. I get it. But if you come and prepare your heart and get ready, you can live a resurrected life. It's just different. You know, I, I, I like reading books, and, and books are awesome. I read a lot of, you know, I'll read the Lord of the Rings and fantasy things and high-heartedness and, you know, Good Prevails, that kind of books. I, I like those kind of books. And it's fun. They put me to sleep. Lately, I can read maybe about two pages and I'm gone. <laughs> Better than any kind of medication. Uh, but when I ask Jesus to reveal his word to me, it's more than reading a book, isn't it? Those of you who have life, you know that, don't you? Sometimes he whispers right to the very core of your being. That is because you have an alive, resurrected spirit. And you have life now because you are in Jesus and now you are a part of that resurrection and life. Resurrection life. You can, <laughs> I, I think there's, a, it's, it's interesting. We can all get really cool creative ideas. Oh, we should do this. Yeah, yeah, let's move this around. That's really cool. But there's something different, isn't there? There's something different about when Jesus, that, that good idea comes out of the, the blue for somebody else that God is going to move you. We call it taps on the shoulder, don't we? And, and, and sometimes we can ask God, God, how would you, what would you have me do? What would you have me think? We call that listening prayer. Uh, in, in, uh, uh, in our discipleship group, there's uh, my good friend Dave Easton. He's, uh, he's in one of the classes. And we just did this whole thing about listening prayer, but we're doing listening prayer for other people, so he thought he'd do something. So he has a list of people he prays for. So he sort of slowed down and said, okay, God, what would you have me say to th that person? And he wrote down ideas. And he thought, oh, that's a verse. That's really cool. He wrote down verses. He did that to everybody, and then he took the time to text them and, and say, hey, I've been praying for you. I thought of this verse. Hey, I've been praying for you, and, and this, this idea came, so I prayed that idea for you. He just went through his whole list. He said he, he just did that. And, and then he told me afterwards, he said, he's getting this flood of how did you know? And that was the exact thing I needed. And, and holy cow, this is amazing. And he's getting this kind of feedback. Why? Because his spirit is alive, and he's experiencing life, and he's living the resurrected life, and that is just different. We're not normal people. Come on, let's stop being normal people, Christians. Yeah. Don't do normal. It's way too boring. Way too boring. Oh, man. Everybody feels guilt, all right? And unless you do enough stuff, then you just sear your conscience and you don't feel anything anymore. But everybody feels guilty. And you know how people in the world get rid of guilt? You know how? Netflix. <laughs> right? You just watch enough TV <laughs> or, or worse, okay? Or worse. You just sort of medicate yourself with, with everything, right? And maybe it'll go away. Maybe. Or. You stand by the communion table. <laughs> Take up that cup. Say, Jesus, is there any hurtful way in me? And he taps you. And you confess it. Say, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I put this on the cross and you have paid for it. And the guilt is gone. <laughs> life in that is life. That is a resurrected life. 
oh, I could go on and on and on, but we don't have time, about a, a, a beautiful prayer that was answered just this week. God went ahead of me in, in such a, a great way. Somebody else in, in, in one of the discipleship groups, they, they prayed for an opportunity, and God just led them directly to the opportunity. The resurrected life of this grand adventure starts now. And Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and when we are in Christ, that life begins. That life begins. And so we come to Easter. Happy Easter. <laughs> Happy Easter. If any day should be Resurrection Day, Easter should be, shouldn't it? <laughs> yes. And this is one of the greatest proofs that Jesus is the way. Because, because what happened? He was crucified by Pilate. We know this through secular sources, not just the Bible. And then something happened. Something happened. And people's lives were changed. And in a, a mere few years, people were showing up being Christians thousands of miles away, everywhere, communities of Christians. Why? Because it wasn't because of his good teaching. So a lot of his teaching was already in the Old Testament. It wasn't because of his good teaching. It was because people received life. And life made them bold. And life gave them excitement. And they said, you got to know God. And that changes everything. After Jesus died and rose again, he, uh, he was noticing that some of his disciples were leaving town. Disciples were discouraged. They were confused. And so there's a small group of them leaving town. In Luke 24, verse 25 to 33, and Jesus said to them, uh, he, basically Jesus walked up beside them, disguised himself. And, 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 and they, they asked, so says, what's going on? And they said, haven't you heard? The whole, whole city knows about Jesus being crucified. And that's, they're saying that to Jesus. And then so, so Jesus says, wasn't it clearly predicted that he, the Messiah, would suffer all the things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writing of Moses and all the, all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By the time that they're nearing Emmaus, and that was where their home was, and the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he was going on. But they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So, uh, so he went home with them. See, the thing is, the traveling would be very dangerous at night. So it makes sense to, uh, to, to come in and have hospitality with someone, to stay the night. As they sat down to eat, he took bread and blessed it. And then he broke it and gave it to them. <laughs> Suddenly their eyes were open. They realized they recognized him. At that moment, he disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> the next words probably were not recorded. <laughs> ah! 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 Yeah. I didn't dream that. No. Yeah. <laughs> they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And with that hour, they're on their way back to Jerusalem. In the middle of the night, who cares? Who cares? They're going to take the risk. It doesn't matter. They're going to do anything they can because he's alive. He's alive. And that changes everything. He's alive. They know it. He's alive in their heart. It just burns within them. And they're going to risk everything just to go back and talk and find out really what happened because Jesus is a resurrection and the life ready to risk any encounter because of Jesus. And because of that, the... Christianity just went boom, 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 everywhere. It makes no sense unless Jesus died and rose again. And guess what? We have life, Christians. We have life to the full. And you know what? <laughs> Sometimes we're used to it, isn't it? 
We think it's normal, that, that wonderful worship we have, that wonderful forgiveness, and it's not. It's like living by the mountains and getting used to the mountains. You have friends come and go, whoa. And every so often you need to go, oh, yeah, whoa. So Christians, could you ask God, could you ask God just to fill you again, fill me again with your life? Help me to see it. I want to experience the resurrected life. If you're not there with God, if you believe in God, that's good. You're, you're halfway there. You need to also believe in Jesus. And if you have not yet believed in Jesus, we're going to give you this opportunity to do that. It's a beautiful thing, and you can have life too. All he asks us to do is repent. And repent is not a scary word. It's changing your mind. That's all the thing means. I, I, I love sin, and now I'm going to change my mind and, and not love it. I don't want, so you just have to admit that you have sin. There's stuff between you and God. You need to believe that Jesus died and rose again. This is what it, you want to step into the resurrected life. You have, to, you have to believe that he did that. And you commit your life to him. We're going to pray those two prayers for those of us who are Christians, those of us who are on the way at home, here, if you're a believer, as we pray, just open up your hands. If you're on your way to God and you would like today to be life day for you, get serious with God. Let's pray. Uh, have our worship team come on. Oh, Heavenly Father, those of us who are believers, we do not want to be just used to life. And that to its fullness. So we pray here and now, God, fill me again with your life. God, fill me again with your life. I want to experience you. For those, those of you on the way to God, that you would like today to be life day, pray along with me. Heavenly Father, I want life. I'm tired of normal life. I want life to the fullest. So I admit I have sin. I admit that I am not a perfect person. In fact, I've done things that I am not proud of. But I want to turn from them, God. And I believe that you died and rose again for my sin to remove it all. So please remove it, God. Now I commit my life to you as my Lord and my Savior. Come in. And give me life. I need it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's celebrate life with him.